Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Ask Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, the engineer, with me, Mr. Lady Ada. We're broadcasting live from the downtown Adafruit headquarters where we do all of our testing and shipping and manufacturing and kitting and coding and videoing and more. I've got a jam-packed show for you tonight. Sit back, grab some iced tea or some lemonade, and let us delight you. You can also mix the two together. You can also mix the two together. Um, you can also put them in an LED cube and shake it up. Uh, what's on tonight's show, Mr. Lady Ada? On uh, tonight's show, the code is succulent. 10% off the native fruit store all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Eastern time mm. tonight. Get 10% off in the native fruit store and free stuff as you check out of the store. We do a bunch of live shows. We'll be talking about those, including the show and tell, which just happened right this moment. You could also watch it after this show if you want on any other social media channels. Time travel, look around the world of makers, hackers, artists, and engineers. What's going on? From the mailbag, we'll read your letters to us. Help wanted, some jobs from the Adafruit Jobs or jobs.adafruit.com. Post up your skills, or if you're a company, hire cool people. Going to do some advanced manufacturing and main New York City factory footage. We've got some great 3D printing related videos. We're doing Eye on MPI. This week is from Ozram, brought to you by DigiKey. Lady, it'll talk about that and more. We've got some new products. we got Top Secret, which is really cool. Gonna answer your questions. We do that over on Discord. Please, please, please hang out on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. That's where we answer all questions because we got video streaming going everywhere when we have the chat in one spot, Discord. Discord. Join all 35,000 of us over there. We're answering questions 24 seven, hanging out with you and sharing projects and more. All that on tonight's show, Ask an Engineer. Okay, That's Lady right. Ada. So the code is succulent. It'll all make sense mm. later. Succulents. Mm, it all makes sense later. Um, let's uh, talk about the free stuff they get. So, in addition to the ten percent off code, when you order stuff, you we get has, free things. We have freebies. Nine nine dollars or more, you get a free half size Proto PCB. Great for making your solderless projects solderful. One forty nine or more, you get a free KB twenty forty. This is a Pro Micro shaped pink PCB with an RP twenty forty microcontroller. STEMI QT, castellated pads, USB-C, uh, memory, and more. A great starter uh, dev board with the popular Raspberry Pi RP2040. $199 or more, we get free UPS uh, ground shipping in the continental United States and back by popular demand. And also because we actually could make them, we have Circuit yeah. Playground Expresses <coughs> at $299 or more, our favorite dev board with all the goodies built in. It's wonderful to use with Arduino. CircuitPython, Code.org, CS Discoveries, or MakeCode. And uh, don't forget, if, especially if you're trying to buy a Raspberry Pi, there is still the limit of one per customer, and also it's for verified accounts that have two-factor authentication turned on. That's just a good idea. Anyways, if you all read the news, lots of security things going on, it's a good idea. If a site supports it, do two-factor authentication. Yes. And on top of that, best suggestion, if you have a choice of using your phone, SMS, text message, or something like a hard key, as they say in the biz, or something like a authenticator. Choose an authenticator or a hard key. Those are often better options. But we, do we support you two apps? Well, like we, we support everything. We support everything? everything. Yeah. yeah, check it Good. out. Okay, um, I'm gonna talk about some important stuff right away before we jump into the live show thing. So, 
This weekend, Saturday, our forums will be getting upgraded, maintenance, new version of everything. Uh, we've been working on this for a while. So what does that mean? Well, if you're, um, I think the expectation for a lot of folks is like, oh, it's a weekend. I'm, if I'm in the customer support forums, you know, they, they, they're there Monday through Friday. But, you know, we are usually there on weekends. So this will be one of the rare times when if you, when you go to the forums and it says under maintenance and you can't post anything, obviously that's what's going on. So feel free to hang out in Discord. You can um, email us, um, but we'll probably say just check the forums. Um, check a couple hours. Yeah, in, mm -hmm. in a bit. So um, it's very rare. I think we have like, you know, an uptime of like nearly all. Um, yeah, not all. 99.99 all. Yeah, um, but this is one of the times where we really want to get a lot of new features in and we want to have a lot of things that make it easier for our moderators and our staff and our engineering support team and our customer support team and Lady Ada and myself and the entire team of people that makes it probably the best, most responsive place to get help with your Adafruit products in the world. So that is coming up. Live series of shows, we just did show and tell. And on the show and tell, um, thank you, Liz and Melissa, who hosted and co-hosted. Um, Magenta Strongheart was there. Magenta stopped by, head of design partnerships at Design Lab, which is Supply Frame, and talked about, learn about the 2022 Hackaday Super Conference. So you can watch that. Um, one of the cool things, uh, I think, and this is just, uh, I'm gonna make this about me for a second. Uh, Hackaday is still going strong. I started that site a million years ago and I have nothing to do with it now. And now there's these events and all sorts of things. So this is Supercon 6. They're doing their call for proposals August uh, by August 18th. And so if you're thinking about doing a talk there, if you're thinking about joining, going, conferences are back, um, please check out hackaday.com and look at all of the blog post stuff that they have, all the event listing, venue information, and then when you can submit your proposal if you want to do a talk there. Um, so thank you, Magenta, for stopping by. And we will continue to use Show & Tell as a place where um, all entities uh, who are doing conferences, events, and more in this maker electronic engineering world. So one of the things that um, we had going on last week, which was kind of neat on the Show & Tell, was um, Adam Savage came by, Mythbusters fame, and Tested.com, and Jen Shackner, and Sophie came along, and Kevin uh, Digikey is sponsoring the Comic-Con out there, the Silicon Comic-Con. And the neat thing about all this is this is kind of one of the first big maker events in um, California, again. So similar yeah. to Maker Faire, but now it's bolted onto a, um, almost literally bolted onto a, a, co a comic book uh, convention, comic convention. Yeah, like pop culture. Yeah, sci-fi, cosplay, cosplay. Yeah, a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. So I mean, co comic cons are barely about comics anymore. I mean, they are, but yeah. It's, it's well, something. the origins. Yeah. Of it. Um, so if you go to siliconsj.com, you can use the code Adafruit, and that gets you like fifteen percent off. We have nothing to do with the sales. We make no commission. We are just helping get the word out using our platform. So. Um, we had all this on our site and we're doing a, um, a, a big promotion on Friday to help them out. Um, but it's called Silicon 2022 Savage Maker Verse and you can read all about it. Um, they had these cool like playing card, like baseball card things. Um, so that's uh, Adam, that's Jen, and then Sophie's there. Uh, Jay was on our show and tell tonight. So anyways, it's all kind of cool 
and I really hope that uh, folks go. And uh, next up, we did Desk of Lady Ada, and I think I forgot to tilt the little graphic on the side, so you'll have to uh, look at look at what happens. You remember what you what you did for this one? I don't know if I lived it either. I think um, okay, so well, the first one is uh, we I showed off um, connecting to the ESP32 over um, Wi-Fi workflow, yeah. and then the next thing we did is I showed off the uh, a new breakout that I wrote a CircuitPython library for the Max 17. Yeah. 048, which is a replacement for the technically end of line, but not completely discontinued LC 709203. Um, so two things. I mean, well, I basically did it. I, I spent a little bit of time this weekend on the Wi-Fi workflow, yeah. just testing it out. So I just showed, hey, if you have an Android Go, this is yeah, a great. We're going to show that as um, our, our uh, top secret tonight. Okay. And then we did a Desk of Lady Ada. Great search. Great search segment. And this one was... This one was where I basically showed the process that I went through the previous two weeks where um, the LC709203 was, uh, you know, end of line and it's time to find a replacement. And I found the uh, Max 17048 and a, a couple other options. But basically, I explained why I picked the Max 17048. Yeah. Usually when I put the highlight videos in, I have us off to the side. But okay. uh, I was down to the wire tonight. Yeah, that's fine. Literally down to the wire. Um, we, do, we do things with wires. We love wires. Yeah. And wireless. All right. Um, GP's product pick of the week this week. Here's this week's highlight. It is the motorized slide potentiometer. But you can see the cool thing is we can play around and then let go and get back to our preset position there thanks to the, the motorized fader. Can also go to other presets. So if I click my encoder, I can go to a different preset. Hit another one, and these are just four positions that I've pre-programmed. I've set up my rotary encoder as a direct control there. So you can see as I turn the rotary encoder, I'm changing the position of the fader. Uh, I'm also using that as a stored position. So now if I hit this four times, it'll come back to this position. I have four saves. So one, two, three, four, back to that new position. It is the motorized slide potentiometer. Okay, and don't forget JP's workshop is this Thursday tomorrow. Coming up. And then um, I believe Tim is back yep. this Friday doing deep dive Scott was special guest returning to uh, Scott's uh, this is this is a a comic-con origin story yeah it's the the original yeah Scott was back last week it's kind of like when you have you know like Batman played by like you know the first guy deep dive played. origins yeah the first guy issue number one classic mint condition um, so that's coming up on Friday yeah that at 2 p.m. Um, time travel. Let's look around in the world of makers, hackers, artists, engineers. We got a bunch of stuff going on. Some reminders, some news, a little bit of everything. Um, first up, uh, we'll talk about this in the Python on hardware section, but a reminder, next week, Friday, 819, is CircuitPython Day. It is Whoa. a day-long celebration. We also have a lot of stuff going on on our website right now because, believe it or not, it's back to school time. Sorry, kids. Oh, my goodness. So we're doing this, like, schoolhouse rock-looking art. Look at this. Look at Isn't that cool? Yeah. And um, this is a little bit of a follow-up. So a while ago, 
um, on our show, I showed this cover, and this was from 1979, Elector. And uh, I had visited an exhibit in New York earlier this year by Kelly Heaton, and it was um, Circuit Garden. And then um, I saw this cover, and, uh, and I think maybe Kelly posted it up, and I was like, it would be great to see Elector like, take your stuff and put it on the cover. And this is kind of a theme now. Can, um, can, I, can, can, can I go back to the previous one? Yeah. Like, check out the K and Elector is like a diode symbol. Just, it's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. And so they, um, th- this is the summer edition. And what a cool thing. And I was like, wow, wouldn't it be neat to see, you know, a little bit of a look back, but look forward at the same time. So Kelly is on the, Kelly's work is on the cover of Electra Magazine. Congratulations, Kelly Heaton. And do check out her work. Check out our, you know, uh, post on our site about Kelly's work. And uh, that's kind of cool. Anyways, I thought that was neat. Okay. Um, next up, Adabox. So we're still in the middle of a chip shortage. We thought we would be shipping a winter one. Oh, no, no, no. We thought we'd be shipping a spring one. Oh, no, no, no. We thought we'd be doing a summer one. Maybe, maybe, maybe. We'll see if we get it <laughs> out in the fall. Uh, unknown. Um, things are starting to improve for the amount of I, chips I did get like get. two chips that I couldn't get before I could get them yeah, today. It's getting so. better. It's getting a little better. It's getting better, but it's been um, a long road. Um, so thanks for your patience, everyone. I know sometimes for the folks who don't like check the website or like look at any of our shows or any social media things, um, they're like, oh, what happened? Um, but a lot of people know what's been going on in the, in the world and the country. So they've, been, like, they've been patient. I, there are some products that have been out of stock in the shop. And today we actually got some shipping notices for other makers that are able to get parts. So it, it's, it's, I don't know, it could be the sun's coming out a little bit i don't know something's after a, happening after a long storm yeah something is happening that is for sure all right next up we have some adafruit io news um adafruit io has a very cool no code i don't know what do you want to call this service system it's a fun it's no thing. code iot it's a way to connect yeah sensors i don't like an experience yeah. yeah experience um so we have some updates uh the whippersnapper components got a new look yeah, check that on the right there. It's like you've got icons yeah. and you've got custom text. So the IO team made a new visual update for the components and sensors connected to Whippersnapper. Um, the components for devices are less generic. Not only do they look better, but it adds function. So if you um, look at the IO components, now they have icons and labels explaining what the component does. Um, so this one is a flat vibration switch. Um, anyone can submit any component or part by just modifying some JSON code. So if you want to add your own favorite part, you can. Um, and then we've also updated the look of how like I2C sensors, um, Yes, we have, readings. It, it no longer just says raw. It now says percent for humidity yeah. or degree C for temperature or, you know, um, millimeters for distance. Like there's SI units that are displayed to make it um, easier to Yeah, so this is feeds. a big deal. And so a big UX update. And the other thing that I wanted to mention is um, we made circuitpython.org and you know the download area, that's where all the boards are. So anyone can add their boards. There's more non-Adafruit boards than Adafruit boards. Why would we do that? It's because we want to big, build a big community together and it's okay if there's other boards. That's how this whole thing can grow and that's why it's very popular. We're doing the same thing with IO and Whippersnapper. And um, these are all videos that are gonna be online forever. 
Yes. And uh, you nothing know, is deleted. Yeah, there's a there's a debate: is information ever lost? Um, and uh, depending well, is on matter lost. Well, maybe evaporation from black holes. There's there, there's a debate mm. about that. But anyways, most people in, in the science biz agree that information sticks around for a long time. So that's why I'm comfortable saying this. Um, I/O, Whippersnapper, CircuitPython.org. So we will always allow all boards. We'll always allow people to put what their components on there. Um, we're never going to say you can only use Adafruit products on all these things, or you can only have um, access if you own Adafruit hardware. Yeah, and Whip, so I can't. I can't is, take that back. We we have it's people out there now. submitting sensors and boards. Um, we're gonna, we're trying to make it easier. Like we're learning how to do that, but. One of the goals is also we want to make sure that people can add boards without needing a lot of experience either. Yeah, modding um, a JSON file. Yeah, modding a JSON file is, is getting not so close. Bad. Not so bad. So, you know, I2C and non I2C I2C components are tough because, of course, you need a driver. But non I2C components, just that act like a switchword analog input, um, you can now add dynamically. And once we merge the PR, it'll appear on Whipper like two minutes later. So yeah. um, it's good for us because it allows us to be transparent it allows people to find bug, you know, fixes. It allows, you know, we, we're hoping at some point in the future people can add, you know, custom components for their own installation. I, I think it's all interesting. Like we're we're trying to build this out, not just in a transparent way that people can interface with, but also in a way that makes it easier for us to develop. Yeah. Like we don't want to have everything hard coded either. That kind of sucks. Yeah. So that's our big vision and strategy with all this stuff. Um, I think one of the things when you look at technology, a lot of companies, they want to divide things up and isolate and have uh, a forced, you know, smaller thing because they're like, well, we can never let someone else use our thing who doesn't buy our thing. Um, we decided that the whole goal of maybe not only these sites that we develop like Whippersnapper and IO or um, the circuitpython.org, not only is it a is it a place for people to get information, but it's a place for people to come together. So if we just said, oh, well, only Adafruit stuff, that would be a smaller number of people that would come together than if you said, everyone's welcome. So um, anyways, please check it out. And if you're thinking about adding some components to Whippersnapper, you can put anything you want there. That's right. And thank you to the people who have added boards. Uh, you know, boards are easy to add as long as it's one of the supported families like ESP32 or 8266 or whatever. Yeah. Um, Components are good. I2C components are still a little challenging because you both have to write the I2C driver side and the component side, but we're working on it. We're, we're trying to figure out ways to make it easier. Yeah. Okay. Mailbag. Letters. letters. We get letters. We get letters. We All right. This week's mailbag. Thank you for the excellent customer service and a wide array of products. I'm building a Peltier cooler cloud chamber for physics and geology demonstrations. The goal is to cool a chamber down to negative 40 degrees Celsius using Peltier coolers. Fingers crossed. That's cool. That's cold. Literally. All right. So jobs board. Um, we do this jobs board thing, jobs.adafruit.com. It's where people post jobs. And this is another service that we do. Lydia and I check out each one to make sure it's not weird or sketchy or scammy. They are not. This is the jobs that were on the jobs board this week. Build fun electronics and document them. A remote position. Hmm. That's really fun. Omify. GPS tracker with pager. Personal project. You can check that out. Let's do some Python on homework. All right, Python on hardware this week. Um, in our 
top secret section later, I'm going to show one of the stories, so you don't have to worry about that now. This is the ESP32 programming in CircuitPython web workflow, which is super cool. Um, so we'll go over that. CircuitPython day is what I want to talk about. And Snaky. Um, yeah. So we have panels that we're doing, um, Q&A. Um, we have Paul, who does the uh, CircuitPython show, will be there. We have a chat with Katni, Jeff, and Dan. Um, they'll be going over all the things that they've been up to. This is the third year in a row. Um, special guest for Circuit Python Day show and tell will be Liz. Um, she'll be doing a show and tell. Um, Scott will be talking about all the changes in Circuit Python 8. So we have a full calendar. Um, I'm chatting with Katni on Friday. We're, we have some other odds and ends that we're gonna we're gonna do. So it'll be a fun, exciting day. We're giving away those tablets, um, the uh, hack tablets. And um, here's you know another thing that's going on, uh, just great timing. Blues Wireless is doing a webinar, reimagining IoT deployments with CircuitPython. Check that out. And then um, we have a just a, kind of an unending uh, newsletter of just projects. It goes on and on. And this is all Python on hardware. And this is all stuff that you can make and build and share. And the projects are from keyboards to things in space to being to absolutely everything. It's a happening right now. Um, Paul, who does the Circuit Python show, is interviewing um, Joshua Lowe, who does uh, EduBlocks. Yeah. And so please check that out as well. The Circuit Python show is like pretty amazing. Um, check out the show list, and there's probably something that you didn't know or you didn't or you heard about or it's like oh this is cool a, a block editor for circuit python or you know other python um <clears throat> projects that you want to make and uh, you know you're at the beginning of of this really big community of people doing python on hardware and uh good work paul um it's one of my weekend podcasts that i like to listen to when i'm walking around you can sign up for the newsletter we deliver to you every single week Adafruit Daily. And, uh, oh, you know what? Paul's in the chat. If there's a hey. guest or anyone that you want to see on the Python on hardware, um, you know it would be cool? What? If, if we can k keep this Python on hardware thing, maybe we can um, uh, get Guido, the the uh, creator of Python. Because I would love to hear, cool. like, hey, like look at this thing you started. And now, like, it's a full-blown, like, operating system on a little tiny microcontroller that you can get for, like, five bucks. That's incredible. Yeah. It's amazing. So, anyways. That's cool. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll put our, we'll, we'll make some suggestions, uh, and maybe we'll reach out to uh, Guido at some point. That'd be kind of cool. Anyways, that's a guess I'd like to see. Open Source Hardware. We're an open source hardware company. We have 2,710 guides, Lady Ada. Um, we have a bunch of updated guides. These are just the two guides we released this week. Yeah, these are the new guides uh, from Noah and Pedro and Liz. Uh, is this really adorable two-way you know, telegraph. It uses analog feedback servo and capacitive touch. Um, so basically, this is, you know, I, this is basically like every Media Lab project that I saw when I was at the Media Lab. Um, but of course, back then, 20 years ago, it was very hard. Now you can actually do it uh, as a weekend project with a 3D printer and a cutie pie and a little bit of copper tape. Um, but basically, you this know, would have been a thesis. <laughs> this really would have been a thesis. Um, you know, these two devices can be anywhere in the world that communicate through Adafruit IO with yeah. Wi-Fi as a backend. 
Um, and if you want to send little messages uh, to somebody on your desk, you grab it and you, you move the telegraph and it gets cool. transmitted wirelessly and the one on the other side of the world um, follows along. And so um, I actually you know, crafted this, you know, Phil and I were looking at some old media lab projects, um, but I just thought it would be a, you know, it's just an adorable way for two people to uh, communicate with each other and, and keep in touch if you want to send messages. Yeah. Um, and it makes a cute little whirr sound as, as it moves. Well, the neat thing, too, is you can be anywhere in the world. Like, let, let's say if, uh, you know, you're traveling away from your, your family or loved one or friend or partner and you give them one and you have one and, uh, you know, you're like, oh, what are you doing now? And you just move it to heart. Oh, what are you doing now? Oh, like I'm gonna eat, and you could just kind of like eat at the same time, and you know, it's kind of it's cute. This is, I just this think, is it, really yeah, nice. I mean, it's, I know you can text, but like, there's something adorable about this tactile t- uh, system. And Noah Pedro and Liz came up with a great um, project. So, uh, Liz yeah. also did uh, a guide on the MMC 5603. You know what, though, what? one of the things about texting um, is because our phones aren't fun anymore. Yeah. It's kind of like computers. It's like you do your taxes on it. You like you get bad news on it. You do work on it. It's not like yeah. a fun device anymore. Yeah. So like now supercomputer phones are like that too. It's like so right before the show, like there's all these like text message scams going on. So it's like log into your Amazon account. It was suspended. Watch out. You know, your TD bank account. It's like okay. All you do is get phone numbers <laughs> that are like your car insurance. Yeah. Yeah, we don't even own a car, and it's like your your car is getting towed. Quick, click here and log in. Like, okay. So, anyways, let's do some uh, factory footage.
And uh, this week's factory footage is a little different. Um, it's just a view outside um, our one of our windows yeah. and some birds because um, we normally have some footage of the Disney building being built across, but they're raising Disney Plus prices. So I, I, I thought maybe we just take a break from that okay. for now because I have to <laughs> I have to decide if it's worth it. As a well, mm. you know we don't really watch Disney Plus, but we have it. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe maybe we won't. That's protest. Okay. Well, I just if we're not gonna use it, These maybe. These nice birds. Yeah. Okay. 3D printing. All right. So first up, we're gonna show the project that we were talking about earlier. The you know connected, disconnected, connected uh, pairs. Yeah. And then uh, we'll do a speed up. So we'll see you on the other side. build an IoT telegraph with analog feedback servos and CircuitPython. Inspired by ship engine telegraphs, this uses analog feedback servos to make a simple yet modern two-way communication system. Use it to keep in touch with a friend by letting them know when you want to grab a bite to eat, go on a walk, or just get together for a cup of coffee. These emojis represent the activities you're interested in and the 3D printed handle lets you select the one you'd like to do. A piece of copper tape is used to detect when it's being held and released thanks to the magic of capacitive touch. The analog feedback servo keeps track of the handle's position and sends it over Wi-Fi using Adafruit I.O. as the broker. Powered by the Adafruit CutiePie ESP32-S2, this small yet powerful dev board is packed with features perfect for IoT projects. It features the ESP32-S2 Wi-Fi chip with 13 GPIO pins, capacitive touch, and native USB for running CircuitPython or Arduino. The CircuitPython code runs on two different dev boards and uses Adafruit I.O. for sending data between the two. The analog feedback servos are calibrated and record the position of the servo when it detects the handle has been touched. When touch input is released, the position of the servo is sent to a feed. Each telegraph has one feed for publishing and a second feed for listening. To build your own, be sure to check out the guide on learn.adafruit.com. We hope this inspires you to check out CircuitPython and Adafruit.io for your next IoT project. every single Wednesday with Noah and Pedro for 3D Hangouts where you can learn how to make all this stuff 
and more. I gotta say, some of these projects that we're doing now, this is like, welcome to the Imagineering Power Hour, where it's like, this is stuff that would be so hard to do a few years ago. Now it's like, oh, here's a little bit of Python, and like, you know, you don't have to do any 3D printing if you don't want to, but this is like, this is so cool. Capacitive touch was so hard. Doing it, two things connected to Wi-Fi was so hard, and now like, CircuitPython, ESP32, Adafruit.io, and all the built-in libraries, it's like, yeah. I'm not saying this wasn't hard, Noan Pedro and Liz did a really great job on this, it, but it actually was possible, it's possible to build this project in like a week. It is. Yeah. This was so hard to do. <laughs> this was incredible. You kids have it so good now. Okay. I remember like I went to a talk by, at, at some, it was like SummerCon 8 or something, and uh, a friend of mine did a talk about, so, you know, about Socket, TCPIP socket like buffer overflow or something. And he said, Hey, who in the audience has written a TCPIP stack? And I was like, Yeah, the Cirrus like 8810. I like wrote a TC I wrote like a from scratch TCPIP stack. And like, I'm just so glad I don't do that anymore. Like I'm glad that, I'm glad I did it, but I'm also really glad that nobody ever has to do that ever again. Show me where on the network diagram it hurt you. <laughs> everywhere. Aww. It hurt everywhere. Okay. Let's uh Let's let's heal the pain with some succulents. Yeah, and uh, it's time for some uh, I on MPI. I on MPI. Okay, this week it is a um, Osram Lady Ada. What is the I on NPI product brought to you by Adafruit and Digikey this week? This actually, this is an I. Um, this is a, an I for a optical sensor from AS, AM, AMS Osram. Uh, this week, new uh, this funky little chip. I actually kind of like this drawing that they made. This is the AS seventy three forty three. A uh, new chip from, it's a spectral sensor. It's got 14 channels, uh, spectral sensing, 12 um, color, and then one clear and one flicker detection. So it's like kind of 12 channels of uh, color. will show all the different um, spectral colors. And um, this is a, a great sensor that is, is really nifty because um, normally when you have color sensors, it's something like this that you know the TCS 34725, a well-known and well-loved color sensor. Um, you know this sensor has RGB um, and clear. It's a, you know a really old breakout we've had. And you see in the middle there, there's four diodes. There's the clear diode, red, green, blue, and then they go into an ADC. Um, you know there's some filtering done, and then you can read uh, the data over I squared C. Um, and this is fine. You know as long as you're basically trying to look at something and, and mimic what your eye would see, because our eyes, uh, if, as long as everyone watching this is human, um, have this kind of spectral response. You have red, green, and blue cones, and then depending on how, you know, wavelength hit that, um, hit your eye, you know, a wavelength that is yellow, you know, it's, it's technically the wavelength is, you know, you know, 610 nanometers, what happens is that it triggers your, your red, green, and, and blue cones, and then your, your eyeball perceives it as yellow. Um, and as long as you're like detecting the, the basic color of things like, um, oh, is it orange? You know, is this a Skittle that's green or blue? Like you're trying to mimic what a human sees, you can use an RGB color sensor because you're just trying to look at what a human looks at. Um, and that's totally fine. But if you're actually trying to find the more complicated spectral response of something, 
um, like this is a lamp and you can see that there's there's wavelength bands it looks overall white maybe or maybe a little bit yellowish um, but the actual you know each nanometer wavelength that is emitted isn't just red green blue it's like there's a continuum now if you have a very expensive uh, spectrometer you can make a graph like this maybe you don't need something that is com completely continuous um, maybe you're happy enough with something that can detect um, a couple separate bands and then you can kind of figure out you know what what bands are emitted by uh, you know doing some mathematical analysis uh, you know based on you know 7 to 12 points um, so the previous version of the sensor which we you know the reason I was excited to see this is we've stopped the AS7341, uh, we designed this two years ago, um, and this sensor, uh, you can see here in, in the middle, has, um, it, this is, I think it was called a uh, 11 channel, but really it's eight different colors, and then like clear, flicker, and then I think like clear minus near IR or something. Um, so it's basically eight-ish eight, eight -ish channels of, of color spectral sensing. Again, way more than the three that you normally get, red, green, blue. Uh, it would have like orange, it would have like near IR, it would have something more violet. Uh, so this, are, this is the center wavelengths of each channel. So it goes from uh, 415 nanometers up to uh, 910, and then clear and flicker detection again are, are separate. Um, and then uh, this is the new 7343, so you can see it goes lower down to 405. Uh, and it, you know, there's, there's way more bands in the middle there. So um, you get 12 total bands of uh, peak wavelength detection. It just gets you closer to that, you know, it, it's, you can see you're getting pretty close to uh, continuous readings. There's like all the way from, uh, you know, ultraviolet down at 350, um, peaks at spectral response of red around, you know, 680 and then uh, near IR, you get a little bit over there on the right, uh, looks like uh, 800 to 900. So, you know, it's it's much better. It's not, of course, it's not fully continuous, but for the price, it's really great. I mean, you don't have to have a full spectrometer setup with like a diffusion grading. This actually can uh, read the individual um, diodes that are doped to respond to each frequency. Um, so you get something that's better than just what humans can see. You actually are getting a more scientifically realistic view of the light that's being emitted. Um, and then this is what the sensor array looks like, which I just thought was such a cool image. I wanted to include it. So you can see, uh, you know, there's a couple, um, there's multiple diodes for each color. So like F1 has two um, diode elements. Clear has the four corners. Near IR has over to the side. I guess, you know, they, they lay this out in a way so they don't interfere with each other, of course. Um, that's the sensor array. And then this is how you wire it up. So like the AS7341, uh, the 43 um, has the spectral sensors in the middle. What's nice is that, you know, you don't even need a lens if you don't want. Um, and then you can connect to it. Uh, you just power it from 1.8 volts. You'll need some level shifting perhaps, um, but you just have I squared T and interrupt uh, the GPIO is handy. Uh, I think, if I remember correctly, the like the AS7341, you can use that to control an external illumination LED, like we found a kind of a wide band white LED. You can use that if you're detecting a flat surface rather than light. Uh, you bounce your you know, neutral light off of it and you can detect um, the color that way. So a nice update to the 7341. Looks like it's pin compatible. Um, you 
you know, the codes are not going to be completely the same because, of course, there's more uh, spectral elements. However, you can probably start with our Arduino C or Python slash CircuitPython code to get you started with this chip. Okay, and available on DigiKey. And when we say available, we actually mean it. Wow, it's in stock. Okay, you get 366 of them. And it's not too expensive. I mean, it's like six bucks. So it's very cheap for what you're getting. And they have a cool video. So we're going to play that, and we'll see you on the other side. This video is for the AS7341, but it's very similar, and I thought it was in the theme. So yeah. just be aware that 7343 has more elements, but the video talks about you know only 11. This one has 14. I've worked for AMS for 10 years and I manage the field applications engineering team for the Americas. I would definitely want to be able to sense and enjoy the beauty of color. So I would choose to be the AMS AS7431 11 channel spectral sensor. The human eye is amazing. I have lenses in my eyes and I can sense all these wonderful colors. Well, the AS7341 spectral sensor also allows the sensing of eight channels of visible light. But even beyond the visible light, which my eyes can see, the 7341 does two things that my eyes can't even do. It can sense flickering, like in light sources. And also the AS7341 is able to sense near infrared, which I definitely can't see. I think if I were the AS7341 spectral sensor, I would be able to enjoy all these colors, both seen and unseen at the beach here today. Okay, lady, before we go over to new products, let's uh, let everyone know the code. Don't forget, succulents to code, and when you place an order, um, you get a bunch of free things. You'll see it as you add things to your cart. So you get a twofer, as they say. Mm, or a threefer if you get more than one. Yeah. Thing. All right, let's uh, do this. New, 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 new. New, 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 All right. New, new, So uh, what do we got first? Okay, first up from our favorite British maker, Simon Monk, uh, we, and Duncan Amos, I guess, uh, also a friend, probably uh, our second favorite yeah. uh, person, comes his awesome electronics notebook. Um, we have a couple of electronics notebooks we've stocked, but I really like the design of this one. It's got some cool things going for it. One, spiral bound. How can you not love that? So you can both tear out pages, uh, and also lay it flat. Um, I always love uh, lay flat binding. It's got the nice plastic uh, uh, binding as well, so it doesn't get bent. Yes, it's got um, the you know extra reference pages that you uh, have expected and seen in um, many books. So in the back, um, you know they've got the resist the color resistor chart. 
uh, common op-amp circuits, um, ASCII tables, MicroPython and CircuitPython, um, GPIO0 and Arduino like starting guides. But what I really love is, um, so on each page you get both grid, which you know is great, it's a, it's a nice light grid, um, but on the other page you get this um, half-size breadboard layout that's kind of faint, so you can draw your circuits over it and then make notes about um, your circuit diagrams, which I thought was a, like a funky trick. You still get, you know, three sides of the page that are, um, you know, you get uh, the left, sorry, the, the back of the page is, is still gridded, but, um, and of course you can write over the, the breadboard. It's, it's kind of lightly printed, but I thought for, you know, I think I kind of imagine that Side Monkey, he's written a lot of books um, with circuit diagrams. And he's probably like, hey, I want a notebook that I can yeah. use to diagram my schematics on a, you know, you can draw like a Pico or Arduino or a Trinket um, and write out the LEDs. So it's like, it's like paper fritzing. So I have a bunch of notebooks and I've been like, you know what, if, it, if they were spiral bound, I would use them. And then I, they just sit there because I'm like, oh, they don't lay flat and I can't do what I want to do with it. Yeah. And so I have like a pile of notebooks. So this is like one of the first ones that I've seen. Um, and I don't know why people, some folks stopped doing spiral. I think just the way, you know, oh everything was a mole. Was it moleskin? I, I actually, I, I apologize. I didn't realize this, this is dedicated to Duncan. He, he was he was an assistant, but he, he actually passed away. Okay, well, then apologize. it means more then. And that's I didn't really... read that. There, this is actually, there's like this beautiful epitaph at the beginning. Oh, well. But I didn't read it before we. That's okay. Um, what a great way to uh, have a tribute to someone that obviously Simon cared about. This yes. is really good. So, you know, this is the thing about supporting maker companies. Um, there's more to it. And this is, you know, every little special touch that goes along with these things. And like, this is dedicated to someone who probably had a big impact on, on Simon. So. Well, one thing I'll say is everything that Simon designs is like really, he very really thoughtful. he's very thoughtful. Yeah. Um, All right, well, I'm gonna take a look at that right after the show. Check this out. Okay, Lady Ada, what's next? Next up, uh, you saw this from a group of makers that love to build stuff with bricks, uh, sometimes called Lego or Lego compatible bricks. This is a builder mat. Um, specifically designed oh, right. for those folks. Remember you asked about yeah, that? Yeah, I was like, we should stock this. Um, <laughs> and here it is. <laughs> uh, we added another photo afterwards that was, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, well, well uh, it's okay. You well, can show it on the overhead. I'll show it on the overhead. Um, but basically, it's it's one-to-one. -one. Yeah, you put the bricks on there. Hold on. Hit the bricks. Hit the bricks. So, <laughs> hold on, let me actually grab the, the bag of bricks. All right. Well, I'll show this uh, thing here. I got a bag of bricks. Yeah. Bags. So, if you have a bag of bricks like this, um, so what's neat is, um, especially if you're like, you don't want to count and do sizing, um, oh. this is sized exactly for um, doing. So, this is like you're, you do a lot of Lego stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all like, apparently, like, it's got like the one third width, like, it's everything is. Sorry, it's this way. So it's like uh, double block and then, yeah, this is the height. So you can like do your math and your layout um, and you can decide how big you want it to be, like brick size, you don't have to like count mm. it out. Um, and there's also an area for um, angled, the angled pieces. Yeah. And then this is um, life, life size of yeah. the little human figurine. 
Yeah, I saw this and I was like, this would be kind of neat. And now that it's in person, it's even more impressive. Yeah, it's actually yeah. a very nicely made mat, too. It's like really thick um, and it uh, lays nice and flat. Okay, cool. Great for um, brick builders. Next up, you know, the code was succulent. So uh, this is why um, Mark DeVink, who's been doing an amazing job with these artistic, beautiful, lovely. Succulent. Yeah, I, you know, the, it, <laughs> I, the, the best artistic LEDs in the world. I mean, this is it. There's nothing yeah, else like it. Yeah, these are cool. And I actually like the succulents because the color actually looks like the color of yeah. succulents. So. Um, we had green and now we have a yellowish green. Okay. And the star of the show tonight, besides you, Lady Ada, our team at Adafruit, our community, our customers is? Uh, we have updated the quad, or sorry, 14 segment quad alphanumeric displays to have Stemic QT connectors on the back. Nice. Um, so it's the same size and shape and pinout as before, um, but uh, now you can plug and play it much easier. Um, for now, you still have to solder the um, digits onto the display, but you can get them in, uh, let's see, click on the first one, it's yeah. blue, red, and then we got some even better photos. Uh, so the uh, next one, I think, is green. Yeah, yellow, so. Yeah, right. uh, yeah no, they, they've got the contrast uh, going well. So yeah. um, yellow, orange is yellow, uh, white, and uh, green. So red, yellow, white, blue, green. Um, so each one of them, it's again the same code as before, but now plug and play. And I'll just show that on the overhead. Yeah. I'm going to show these. One of the things um, we get asked once in a while is like, does Age of Fruit do like CGI stuff? Because no one ever shows any electronics with you know, the lights working on it. Yeah. And so we're like, no, we actually do this. It's it's hard, and um, we also do live demos on our shows, yeah. as well, because we really like to show these things to to, to show you. It really is easy. We, we can run a company, run a show, and somehow manage to also do live demos. Yes, and they work. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is great because it's 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 so it is really bright. I mean, the contrast is very good in person, but of course it's, it's tough. To they look about. really, but it, like it looks nice. It's very nice. Yeah. So now it's plug and play. So I've got like this, you know, this. STEM QT board and I just have a connector going to it uh, so it's easy to plug and play and then you can of course chain uh, more displays if you like uh, for this one I, I just soldered in um, Swiss pins <coughs> so we could like quickly change out the colors because I wanted yeah. to do this demo um, so we've got bright green and then you can also get let's see I'll just swap out one you can get Red, get the right way around. Hold on. Live demo. There you go. Whoops. Hold on. One pin is. You lit it up though. Uh oh. Oh, you did. What? It did. I, I saw it. I know, but uh oh. You know, I didn't insert these flat. I was all Hold like, on. we do live demos. Check this I know, out. I know, but the problem with live demos is sometimes I, uh, I'll edit it in post. Do do do! Look how perfect this is. Do 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 do. Everything's oh God, fine. How did Jimmy get Everything's fine. Everything's okay. Nothing's going on. Everything's safe. There you go. Okay, I fit it in. Hi. Everything's fine. Nothing happened. Um, so what's nice about the 14 segments is, of course, you can see if you're doing uh, letters, you can have like 
lowercase and uppercase letters. And so our libraries have, um, for CircuitPython Arduino, have a <coughs> font that you can use that will um, display it nicely. Otherwise, um, it's plug and play. The one update that I did do is um, there is now, instead of two power pins, there's a VIO and a VHI pin. So the VIO pin is the same as a STEMIC UT pin, which means like in this case, it's running off of uh, three volts, which is which is plenty, plenty bright. But um, wait, I'm going to do a dangerous live demo because I didn't try this ahead of time. Yeah, okay. If you, I, like, I like how you, can, you learn nothing. I learn nothing. <laughs> um, but it, so it's running at three volt power and three volt logic, but then I can connect this to USB power. Whoa. And then it gets even brighter. So now I'm powering just Whoa. the LEDs. I, I can power just the LEDs. You're oh my blowing God. up the camera. I know, it's, it's so bright. Okay. Uh, yeah, so at 5 volt power and then 3 volt, 5 volt, 3 volt, 5 volt. You can see it's a little bit different. Yeah. It's a little bit brighter. Um, so handy, and then I touched on thing. Uh, but it's handy if you are, if you, because one of the issues people had is, oh, they wanted to use 3 volt logic for the driver chip, but they wanted the LEDs to be um, driven from 5 volts to get like a, a brighter look, especially for the uh, the green and blue and white, which have a forward voltage of about 3.4 volts. So um, updated is one of our STEMI QTification <coughs> projects. We're trying to go through every product and QTFI it. And so you can see we're going back in time. This is one of our older products, um, but yeah. now it's plug and play. Yep. It's new products. <laughs> Alrighty, don't forget the code is succulent. We're going to do some top secret and then uh, load up any questions you have. We were getting to some real time in the chat earlier in the show. Uh, Adafruit IT slash Discord, that's where we're gonna do some questions, but let's first do some top secret. This week's top secret is a video we filmed and it has the new ESP32 Workflow. That's right. Um, I, well, we, uh, Scott added support for the Odroid Go, which I was like, well, this is really nice because it has like everything built in. Yeah, and it's, you can just plug, you know, yeah. everything's ready. So I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm lazy and I want to go with the easiest thing. So <laughs> even though the Feather has been supported for a while, I wanted to wait till we had something with a screen on it um, so I could quickly see and debug the output. Okay. I'm going to play the video. Go for All right, Data, what is this? Okay, so we have merged web workflow on the ESP32 for Adafruit CircuitPython, thanks to Scott and Dan for doing the review. And what that means is now, when we have devices like this Odroid Go, which is this really cool ESP32-based um, gaming platform, if I turn this on and wait for it to boot, and it's connecting to the internet, you'll see at the top bar, it's gonna to connect to Wi-Fi and it gets an IP address, 10.0.1.113. And if I go to my browser and I go to 10.0.1.13, you'll see that it connects to, um, this is served by the device itself. And then I can click on the serial terminal and um, I can actually type in stuff into here and then it shows up on the terminal here. So this is uh, a complete echo. Print hello and then you can see it here. So I can control and communicate with the ESP32 um, over Wi-Fi using a Chrome browser. 
Okay, and that's top secret. And you can uh, check out the blog post that we have on this as well. Okay. All right, so we're going to do some questions. Um, I got some loaded up right now. Rock it. Is it possible to use CircuitPython with hardware that requires millisecond or microsecond pulling accuracy? Example, Feather M0 with RF95, Feather OLED display, debouncing the push buttons, etc. Um, well, in general, embedded languages that are interpreted, <coughs> like Python, MicroPython, CircuitPython, do not, do definitely don't do uh, microsecond. I mean, even microcontrollers don't really do microsecond um, accuracy. Um, it's quite hard. Um, but for stuff like debouncing a button, we have the built-in key matrix debouncing circuit that runs every 10 milliseconds in the background and does the debouncing for you. Um, so I would use like the key matrix capability. Likewise with the OLED, display IO will draw the OLED for you. Like take advantage of the stuff that CircuitPython does do in the background. And then if you do need like special timing stuff, um, Pulse IO can do some specific timing like for um, sending or receiving pulses. And if you really need like, you know, very, precision, timing, waveform generation, um, something like the RP2040, which can generate PIO, customized pulses is, is the way to go. But just like, you know, you wouldn't, you're like, I need microsecond precision, why? Because to drive NeoPixels, no you don't. We have a NeoPixel library. It takes care of the timing for you. Do not try to do that in raw Python code. Okay, I can answer this one because uh, this is something I actually think about. If someone were to dumpster dive at Adafruit, would they find any good loot? No. So because like we're old hackers, um, one of the things that's important to us is uh, we want to, you know, hack the planet, but there has to be a planet to hack. So a lot of things that we do at Adafruit are uh, either recycled, recyclable, so they're separated out. Anything that has any type of information on it, like any of our employee forms, if we have to do any type of paperwork, and a lot of things are electric, uh, electronic based now, but we, um, our, our team likes shredding paper, if it's anything that's. Also, uh, we rework a lot of boards, like anything, yeah. if you, you know, we On we, the we electronic side, yeah, on the, on the electronic side, we, we, we will send e it to e-waste. But it, honestly, but we else. don't really, we, we really fix and try to get as good yield yeah. as possible. We try not to, uh, dumpster anything like you're probably gonna get mostly um, coffee grounds yeah to be honest. there is the compost stuff so the loot would be probably maybe some lunch that someone in here yeah uh, next up question for oh, someone says worn out black t-shirts uh, you know what actually the worn out t-shirts a no, lot of folks make those. cutoffs yeah yeah um, Question for the show, uh, you sell different GPIO expanders. Here's a list of them. What expander would you choose if you wanted to connect to an external board and manipulate a button press? For example, a short to ground. Example, the spy cam that has a wire you short ground with a microcontroller. Honestly, any of them will connect to ground, even the uh, PCF8574. So I would pick the one that's in stock. What's the smallest NeoPixel or dot star discrete pixel that you think is somewhat easy to hand solder with solder paste, no PNP? And uh, Mark in chat says that he uh, hand soldered five millimeter side ones. Honestly, so. the easiest to solder are the reverse mount ones. Uh, the yeah. three three point five, the three millimeter reverse mount because they have those big ass pads. So those are quite easy to solder. Of course, you have to have a cutout, but um, they were their joy because there's, you know, you, you don't have to worry about heating the LED element that the pads stick out quite a bit. Yeah, and this isn't a question, but I want to thank um, Bruce, Mister, uh, certainly in the chat. He had some really good tips on people for people 
um, on what not to do when you're called and it's like, oh, it's your mortgage, your, uh, it's Dell calling you, it's Microsoft saying, you know, uh, you have to pay a fee or the IRS saying like this is really good and I think that's one of the things like we do this with our team for um, just like security uh, education and, and training but if we all talk about this stuff like it's okay to like be, oh you know the scammers aren't going to get me but if, if you're good enough with all this tech stuff always make sure even if you know you're around other techie people just a good reminder because like this it could happen to anyone um, like I said, just right before the show, I got this like your Amazon account suspended, like, you know, log in to fix it. And so thank you, uh, Bruce, for giving folks those tips, because I think that's really important that we all just keep uh, that. This is just part of it's just part of being in the uh, the, 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 the Internet. Um, let's see. I need an I2C processor with some horsepower. Tried the Sam D21. Couldn't get it to work. What do you recommend? The TC 3.2 is my go to right now. Uh, if you need something that can act as a peripheral, I, I'm pretty sure the RP2040 has an I2T peripheral example um, in Arduino and in PIO. I, we don't have support for it in CircuitPython because I know people have asked for it. But I do know that I'm, I'm pretty sure in Arduino and um, maybe MicroPython and maybe um, the, you know, the, definitely the RP2040 SDK. Uh, that'll be the cheapest because you can just grab a Pico and wire up any, you know, any I2C pins and try out the peripheral library. Okay. And with that is our show for this week. Okay. Thank you, everybody. It is very much appreciated. Thank you for spending your time with us. It was us. succulent. It was succulent. Succulent. <laughs> um, don't forget that's the code. I can't um, believe we've never used that word before as the code. I always have to check because yeah. if, if you use a code, you know, you can't use it again. People have used other codes to buy succulents because we've had these, the other colors before. Um, but now that, that code is over. Uh, well, not quite. Got a couple more hours. So uh, use it or lose it, everybody. Um, thank you. Uh, Jesse May behind the scenes, Adafruit team, all the folks in the chat, the community, the moderators, the helpers, and more, all of the customers, everyone out there, everyone who was on the show until tonight, don't forget to check out... Hackaday Supercon coming up, and also Silicon coming up. All these things are happening in the world of making. It's a good time to show and share your projects with people, not only on like show and tell, but at events. It's happening again. So we'll see everybody next week. This has been an Adafruit production. Here is your moment of Zener. See y'all. Bye, everybody.